This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, in studio for the next two hours. Unnecessary roughness in your ear hole. Demond Cotton, your boy Q. Very excited about the next couple hours coming off the heels of JT the Brick, which was following the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang. They held it down today. And then Vinny Bonsignor will come up on our heels from 4 to 545. Got a little college hoop action going on later on this uh, this evening. So Vinny will be cut short about 15 minutes, but uh, no worries. He'll be in the huddle doing his thing, bringing you all the latest headlines and all the greatest conversation. There's a lot of conversation going on right now around the silver and black. And of course, we're going to have a lot of time to get to it on today show. Of course, want to hear from you throughout the course of the show. The Raider Nation listener line is 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line is 69187. Keyword R&R. So you can chime in throughout the course of the show at any time, including when we have guests on the show. If you want to get a question in, if you got a statement that you want to make, it doesn't matter. It's all good. All you got to do is hit us up. 69187. Keyword R&R. That's the best way to get a hold of us uh, and ask a question to any of the guests that we have coming up on the show today. And we just have a couple guests. And I like this. I like just having a couple guests coming off the heels of um, the Super Bowl and Radio Row being there for a week in LA. We were just putting together a list. And Damon, you've been helping out a lot with this list. We were putting together a list of all the people that we had interviewed either on this station, Radio Nation Radio 920, or our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. And dog, uh, I mean, you know, you 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 just gave them, gave Jared my list uh who was on the show, this show last week, and there was over like 25 guys. Yeah, I, as I was putting it together last night, I wish that I had just titled every episode <laughs> hour one, like all right. five, all five names. Right. Because then I, I had to go back, listen to it, right. see like, oh, did I miss someone? Yeah, it was it was like it was very tedious. Right. To it get is every guest that we had last week. No doubt. And look, I wasn't the guy that had the most guests. JT had more guests than anybody, you know. And he had uh, HOFers. You know, I I said at the beginning of the week that I wanted to make sure we had at least ten bangers. Well, we uh we we had fourteen. We ended the week with 14 bangers, which are 14 gold jackets. Think about that. Between the two stations, we had 14 gold jackets. I'm trying to count them all right now, like do some quick math. I mean, like, oh man. Yeah, we had some good ones. And the funny, the 14th one was Tony Baselli. And Tony Baselli, when we interviewed him, wasn't a gold jacket. But we found out on Thursday night last week, and it was funny, me and Jared were walk, walking. That's the same day we ran into AJ on the street, uh, who, who you were hating on. But, uh, yeah, we were walking to the restaurant, and all of a sudden the announcement for the Hall of Fame came out, and Jared was like, hell yeah. And I was like, what are you so excited about? I already knew Cliff Branch was getting in, right? So I, I didn't know what he was all fired up about. And he's like, Tony Baselli got in. Okay. He's like, we interviewed him earlier. That's a banger now. He's officially he crossed <laughs> over. He's a banger. And I thought, damn, Jared's speaking my language now. We're good. So, yeah, that, that was the 14th banger that we got. And uh, that's, always, that's always how you measure your success on Radio Row is by, at least I measure success, by the, the number of bangers. And we, we had a goal of 10. We ended up with 14. So next year in Arizona, the goal is 20. And hopefully we'll end with 25. Then by the time it gets here to Las Vegas, the goal will be 30. And hopefully we'll end with 50. Natural progression. Are you trying to get every living Hall of Famer on the yes. show by then? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. But I just think, I mean, natural progression, right? Everyone wants to get better. You got to get better. 
We have two stations to do it with. Okay, I didn't think about that, but I'm just thinking about the sheer but number. But most of them were on Raider Nation Radio 920. We had a couple, like Men, Mel Renfro was on uh, was on with uh, with uh, the press box with Tyler Bischoff and Ed Graney, uh, and, which is great. Mel Renfro played for the Cowboys for a very long time. He's a gold jacket. Uh, I know that, um, let's see, there's a couple other gold jackets that they had on, but most of them were on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm not going to say I was a little greedy, but yeah, we got a little greedy with them. That's just... That's how it is, man. Hey, we were out there. We were out there, boots on the ground, man. We were putting in the groundwork, so we we had the right to call the to call the gold jackets first. So, you know, we'll see how it works out. We'll see how it works out next time. But I was very proud of the the uh, effort that we put in last week, and just looking at that list, I promise you, there's over there's probably over at least over sixty names on that list of guys that we interviewed, and there's about a list of five or six that never got played. Like I know for a fact, Trey Wingo never got played. I know Mike Tannenbaum never got played. Uh, Pierre Garcon never got played. Um, let me think. Who else? James Jones didn't get played till yesterday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Cynthia Freeland, that never got played. That was a fantastic interview. It was about 16 minutes. That was a great interview that I did, and that never got played. I mean, there was – oh, uh, Ed, Edward uh, Olmos. Edward, yeah, Edward James Olmos. Yeah, Edward James Olmos. That never got played. So that's at least six right there that never got played. So – uh, we we put in the work, man. So uh, yeah, we we uh, we we did the damn thing. So I was very proud of the effort. But uh, I just wanted to kind of get a record of all the people that we had on the show, just so we knew, you know, just uh, just so we know uh, exactly who we talked to and who we went through. But uh, man, I was I was pretty impressed when myself and Jerry were sitting there in the office and we we're just piling up name after name after name after name. I was like, damn, that's a lot. But then again, that's what happens when you get there at seven a.m. in the morning and leave around I don't know seven p.m. We put in a full day's work. But we're going to put a full day's work in uh, on today's show as well. Just had a couple guests, like I mentioned. Uh, Brad Denny, he's going to come up at 2.30. He joins us from 3TV, CBS 5 in Arizona. He's going to talk to us about the latest linebacker coach for the Silver and Black, and that's Antonio Pierce. And that news kind of broke yesterday while we were on the show. And so all of a sudden just jumped into action and said, hey, we need to, we need to go ahead and find uh, a guest that can kind of break down what Antonio Pierce has done as a member of the Arizona State coaching staff there with Herm Edwards. And uh, from doing just my research on him, apparently he's a really good coach, and they thought that he was going to take the place of Herm Edwards at some point. You know, at some point he was going to take over that that head coaching spot. So that's that's a big deal right there. You know, again, I, I didn't want to act like I knew that he was a great coach. I know that he was a damn good player. And that, you know, that's the one thing that I really respected about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their their coaching staff when they went and won the, the Super Bowl. If you go and look at their coaching staff, so many of them were former players. And that doesn't always translate into being really good coaches, but more times than not, you're going to get some really good coaches out of the player, the other ones that are former players. So uh, everything that I've done as far as research on Antonio Pierce shows some really good things. But as I mentioned on Monday's show, uh, Arizona State right now is under investigation. They've been under investigation for the whole course of the year. Uh, he decided to, to to tap out February 2nd and go ahead and pursue a NFL job. And uh, I got that date because of you, Damon. You brought that to our attention I don't think yesterday. he decided to. <laughs> well, they decided to for him. Either way, he was on his way out. But he was part of the recruiting. He was part of the recruiting. Uh, you know, he was a recruiting coach. And a lot of the issues that they're looking at right now and investigating right now have to do with recruiting. And illegal recruiting and having on-campus visits when it was COVID time and you're not supposed to have on-campus visits. I mean, that I'll tell you, as a guy that was covering college football like a glove in ESPN Central Texas, dog, recruiting was a bear. It was tough to recruit when you couldn't actually get the players to campus, when you had to recruit them through Zoom. Could you imagine someone trying to give you a tour of a campus through Zoom? I remember when, when Little Q was going through recruitment at, at Western Oregon. He went through Western Oregon, Central Washington, and I believe UTEP, and they all went through Zoom. And I remember sitting in my damn living room like, 
I can't tell you what kind of campus this is. I'm sitting here on a Zoom call. He didn't, he didn't get an official visit until he actually checked in to go to school. So, I mean, that's just not easy. And so many kids across the country had to do that because of COVID. You couldn't take an official trip to the campus. So uh, it, it wasn't easy. So I can only imagine uh, that different schools were trying to, you know, cut corners and trying to make it happen. And that's what it sounds like some of this issue comes from with Antonio Pierce is that they had on-campus visits and they weren't supposed to have on-campus visits. So there you go. Not saying it's the biggest deal, but hey. I mean, it's part of the deal. Yeah. And I don't know how deep the investigation goes. I don't. And I don't pretend to. And we'll ask, uh, we'll ask Brad Denny at, at, at a two thirty when he joins the show. We'll ask him straight up about it. You know, I mean, hey, look, Herm Edwards is the is the head of the snake, right? And he's still there. Hey, but sounds like he was in charge of recruiting. I feel like that's the head coach can be like, hey, hey, yeah, hey. Yeah, but see, you can't get away with that. This is what I learned. This is what I learned when I was covering Baylor. Oh, this yeah, is what I learned. Talked about him yesterday too. If you are the top dog, everything under your watch is under your watch. You know, regardless of you ain't got nothing to do with it or not. They, hey, that's on you. You didn't know. Oh, you can't say. Oh, that was that guy. I didn't know. So I'm surprised that Herm Edwards is still kicking, but he is. So I, I don't know how this. Uh, I don't know how this investigation is going to go. But like I said, we'll ask Brad Danny at two thirty about the whole thing and, and what he thinks comes of it, if anything. Because look, we've seen, we've seen other college sports. Be under investigation under schools, be under investigation, and nothing happens. Nothing at all. I mean, you can think about Arizona a couple years ago. Hoops. Remember Arizona Hoops? They were they were all done. The bags they were had dropped. the FBI. They had the, the wiretap. FBI. They had everybody. I kept thinking, don't they have something better to do than wiretap to see who's getting paid? Everyone's getting paid. How much was DeAndre Ayton getting paid? Right, exactly. Then they went on their damn run in March Madness, and it, that run lasted one game, and they were done. I thought that they were going to say, hey, F it, we're going to play, right? They're like, we're going to play. I ain't gonna, you know, I ain't gonna sit out. I mean, if they if they come back and take our games, they come back and take our games. I thought I picked them in our little pools. Like, oh yeah, Arizona's gonna win the whole thing because they they're gonna play with a chip on the shoulder. They're gonna play. I, I gave them more attitude than they gave them. They went out and dipped out in the first round, man. I was like, are you serious? And it should be noted that Sean Miller no longer coaches at Arizona. No, he don't. He don't. But he's still coaching. Where, where's he at right now? Isn't he still coaching? I thought he was. I thought he was a free agent. I don't. I oh, think he's well, too he, hot to touch. He, he might. He might be. I, I don't have any idea. But I don't think. Freely out here dropping bags. They caught you on the wiretap, offering to drop the bag. Come on, man. Sloppy work. Get an assistant to do that. I mean, you've got to, you've got to do something. But these, these schools have been doing it for years. I mean, this is nothing. This is nothing new. And, you know, now they got the NIL, so that helps a, a little bit. But uh, now there's still just other kind of bags being dropped. So, I mean, there's, there's just so much dirt and corruption going on behind the scenes. But that's, that's the world of college ball. Uh, coming up at 3 o'clock, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. He'll join us. Uh, that's his normal Tuesday spot. He'll join us at 3 just to talk all things NFL. We'll recap the Super Bowl with them, talk about some of the storylines in the NFL right now, talk about OBJ tearing his ACL, heading into free agency, uh, talk about some of the coaching hires, talk about Lovey Smith, who's a new head coach there in Houston, saying he wants his Deshaun Watson situation resolved sooner rather than later. How do you do that? How does it get resolved sooner rather than later when you're dealing with legalities? You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's just not... That's not very easy, so uh, I'll ask him about that. Uh, also, something that intrigues me, a couple things that intrigue me. There's a lot of rumblings about young cats retiring. You know, the, the rumblings have been that Aaron Donald, he might retire. And, he, and he, he hasn't said that he's not. He didn't say he is, but he didn't say he isn't. You know, he's talking about, well, I'm just going to enjoy this moment right now. He's a young cat. Sean McVay, rumors about him potentially you know, retiring. I don't think that's going to happen either, but you never know. Are these guys going to start pulling like a Patrick Willis and just start retiring early instead of instead of playing 15, 16, 17 years and and really having their body beat up and, you know, not being able to live the life that they want to live, they can start seeing them retire early. I mean, I, I'm not mad at them if they do. 
Hell, Marshawn Lynch retired pretty early, but then he came back a couple times, you know. But I mean, for the most part, I thought that he was he was pretty smart for that as well. He plays a tough position, and where you know you get beat up all the time, I wouldn't be mad at any of these guys that say, "Hey, I'm going to play, you know, play a couple contracts, you know, make a little bit of generational money, have my wits about myself, and dip out, you know, be able to take care of my family and be good." I wouldn't I wouldn't begrudge him at all. Especially if you're one of those players like an Aaron Donald, he's one of the greats. But let's say Patrick Patrick Willis, Calvin Johnson, where it's debatable. You're already Hall of Fame after eight years of work. And if you can see that the team that you're on, the contract that you're locked into, it, it isn't fulfilling you, why not leave? Right. He's like, hey, my body of work speaks for itself. I've given all to the game that I can. But this just ain't working out for me no more. Right. I mean, again, there's it, it comes to a certain point, and we say this with, with everything, you know, if you feel like you're getting up and going to work, then you are. You know what I mean? If you're not enjoying what you do, regardless how much money you're making, it's a job. Bottom line. And there's guys that I met on Radio Row last week that said, hey, I started getting into this business. Bruce Buffer said, I got into this business because I was making a lot of money doing something else, but I wasn't having fun. I didn't enjoy myself, so I decided to go and do something else. Now, he's making a lot of money doing what he's doing, too. Don't ah, get, don't it, get it twisted. It worked out just fine, but that's what kind of gave him the vision. you know. And I, I'll tell you right now, for myself personally, I was making a lot more money at the grocery store. I was making a lot more money at FedEx than I was or that I am standing behind this microphone. But coming to work every day and talking behind this microphone is a lot more fun and entertaining and more challenging for me than slanging some groceries or, you know, slanging some meat in the meat department or slanging some boxes for FedEx. I mean, it's just a lot more challenging for me, me personally. You know, some people, that's that's their that's their bag. That's what they want to do. But to me, I was just like, yeah, this is just a placeholder, man. I got to I got to keep it pushing, <laughs> pushing P. Yeah, pushing Push, that P. Pushing packages. You say that, and it's just like, yo, the same way. I was manager at Big Five, and I was just like, you know what? This ain't cutting it. Right. Quit. Signed up for wrestling. Got a job here. There you go. It's just, ah, man. I'm still impressed that you signed up for wrestling, and I didn't know that AEW. I didn't even know that that was you, man. I didn't even know. I'm still a little, I'm still a little salty by that. Oh, yeah, man. It was one of those things. First pay-per-view. Like, this is their official platform. And it's one of those things. Like, yo, millions of people watch me perform one day. Well, I'll tell you, man. Tony Khan, and I know you weren't there in person. When you said that you were in that, he perked up, man, like a damn, like a flower. You know how flowers all of a sudden just perk up when they water them? It's like, bink. He just arose. I mean, I'm telling you, man, his head and his eyes got so big and... I think he was a little nervous when he was talking to me because at first he was, like, closing his eyes. I mean, like, visualizing what he was going to say. I don't think that he's one of those that does, like, the radio row stuff all the yeah, time. Yeah. You know? But, man, once you said that, he got so comfortable. He leaned back in his chair. You know, his his head perked up to attention, but he started to lean back and relax a little bit. Oh, he was in I'm, – I'm so glad you said that, man, because that made him super comfortable. Oh, yeah. And I just remember, like, those, like, pre – the pre-show speeches that they gave. Yeah. Or it's just like, hey, everybody's here for a reason. Right. And it's just like, man, I'm kind of just an extra. But I feel special being here. Man, he – was, It was really one of those part of history moments. He was fired up for I you. didn't even want to ask him any football questions because right. I did want to talk a little Jags talk. Oh, yeah. But I was just like, yeah, he, he probably didn't want to go there. No, nah, I don't think he wanted to go there. That would ruined his mood, man. He, yeah. he was already in a good mood. He, he was he – So what w- really happened with Byron Leftwich? <laughs> right. I know y'all didn't want Doug Peterson. He'll be like, look, man, you got to talk to Pops. <laughs> look, that ain't me. I'm worried about the wrestling, man. But he said that, you know, we can come on out to an event when it comes out here and everything. So – uh, we, we got the hookup, man. We got. I'm, I'm, I, like I said, I was really impressed when all of a sudden you dropped that nugget, and the man he uh, he he got he got a uh, big big eyes, man. He got he got wide eyed. He was happy about that. So. It was so it was so much of a fun moment for me because we're out there. The lights had flickered out, and then we're all supposed to get in our positions. I kind of missed my cue a little bit. But, <laughs> Shocking. Yeah, but one of my OGs, you know, he took care of like the spot I was supposed to be in, and I just got in another spot. But it's one of those like, ah, man, 
Those bright lights. Shocking. Damon, you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Exactly. But like 20,000 people was just like, hey, looking at myself on like the big screen, like, you know, uh-uh. on the Jumbotron and stuff. Like, wow. Like, oh, dang, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, good stuff, man. Good stuff. And that was a fun interview with Tony Khan we had from last week, Radio Row in L.A. So those are the guests that we have coming up on the show. Brad Denny, he'll join us about 2.30. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle will join us at 3 o'clock. Let's go ahead and jump into my next topic, and we'll do that in the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now, this is a question that I'm going to ask John McClain about at 3 o'clock because I think, you know how the NFL is a copycat league. Everyone wants to do what the last team did. Remember when Seattle had the Legion of Boom? Everyone wanted to go get the long press corners. They wanted to play cover three. They wanted to find their Richard Sherman. They wanted to find their Cam Chancellor. They wanted to find their Earl Thomas. They wanted to have all those guys. Uh, after they beat the brakes off the Broncos, that's what everyone was looking for. Uh, back in the day when Miami started running the, the Wildcat, everyone wanted to run the Wildcat. You know, it, they might have put a different cute name on it, but everyone always is uh, taking part in a copycat league. That's just what the NFL is. When someone sees uh, another team having success with something, that's what they want to roll with. So the question I have for you, Raider Nation, I would love to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Matter of fact, light them up real quick. Light up those lines, 702-365-9200, and also the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. What approach do you want the Raiders front office to take? What approach do you want Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and uh, and the rest of the crew there, what do you want them to do as far as their approach in the front office? Do you want to take the, the Bengals approach where they go and draft and try to develop and add a couple key key free agents here and there to, to solidify their team? And they went from being a two-win team to a Super Bowl participant in two seasons? Or... Do you want to take the Rams approach where they say the hell with these draft picks, at least these early round draft picks, go ahead and put all the chips in the table, trade everything you got to trade away to go get the player because we got a quarterback and, and, and that's what we think we could do. Is that the approach that you want? If Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels is talking in a room together, do you want them to take the Rams approach? Hey, we have Derek Carr. Reports are he's about to get a contract extension. You have Derek Carr in place. He's a, he's a quarterback that's at least equivalent to Matt Stafford. I think we could all agree he's at least, except for Tom, we could all agree he's at least on the same level of Matt Stafford, at the very least. So if you have a guy that you believe can get it done, is it not smart for you as a team to go ahead and, and take the Rams approach and do everything in your ability to get it done immediately? Which one would you prefer them to do? If you trade away your first-round picks, your, your early-round assets, remember you're not stacking the cupboard with a lot of talent. So you might not have the longevity. You might not have the four or five year run, which might not matter to you. You know, right now in LA, they, they're hoisting a Lombardi. They probably don't care about the next couple of years. And they still have a good team. They still have a really good team where they might still be able to do something immediately. They just don't have those first round picks. But what the Rams do do is they capitalize on their later round picks. You know, the Max Crosby picks, the Hunter Renfro picks. Guys like that, you know, the third round, fourth round picks, those, those guys, they do capitalize on those. Matter of fact, I saw a stat that kind of blew my mind that they were ranked number six as far as homegrown players in the league. And you think about all the, all the trades that they've made, but still they have a lot of homegrown players on their, on their squad, but they're just later round picks. So I want to know what approach you want and why. You want to take the Cincinnati Bengal approach? 
or you want to take the L.A. Rams approach. 702-365-9200. And again, Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Demont, who's up first? Allen in Vegas. Allen, right here in Vegas. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, fellas? How you doing? Man, we're blessed. Sir, I would go in all attack mode. Raiders are four wins away from the Super Bowl. And if you recall back in 2001 or 02, same situation, Al Davis went and got a Jerry Rice, a Bill Romanowski, a couple of other key players, like Rod Woodson, to just get us over the hump, get us to those next four games and get to the Super Bowl. We're not that far off. I mean, unless in the draft there's a first-year, cannot-miss guy at number, I think, what, 22nd in the first round? 22, yeah. 22? Okay, then go get him. But if there's a player, say, uh, like a Von Miller or somebody that is on a losing team, go get him. And let's go get the Super Bowl. Easy as that. Okay, so you don't you don't mind going ahead and trading that assets. I don't, I don't, I'm not mad at that either. I'll tell you right now, my preference, I have no problem saying it. My preference is go all in. You got the guy. You believe you got the guy. You believe Derek Carr could be the dude. Go address the offensive line. Get him some damn protection, protection, and get him a number one wide receiver, and go get a, a solid DB. Go get a solid DB, protection, and a number one target, and you'll be cooking with grease, like I like to say. Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Who's up next? Fargo Raider. Fargo. Welcome to the show. Hey, Q and Demond. I hope you guys are doing good today. Absolutely. I'm going to go ahead and I, I'll, I'll kind of follow in Allen's footsteps. I'm in a win-now mode. So, you know, historically, no matter who the GM has been, we've, we've mostly missed on those first-round picks. So why not either trade down, pick up players in, in, in rounds that we do succeed at, or trade away that first-rounder or future first-rounders for own commodities, guys that can contribute to the wins today. Not three years down the line. We've, I feel like the nation's probably tired of having projects in the cupboards that never quite pan out. You know, we want to we want to see the the production, and I think that's the route we need to go if we're going to win now. I understand that the new GM hasn't had a chance to pick his guys, and we don't know if he's going to pick gems, but we know that in the late rounds we've all we've been able to find them. So why not go for guys that can help us win today? They're not going to have much of a of a leeway with the fans as far as win goes because this is the second set. Of, this is the second regime that they let go after playoff appearance. So that's my two bits. Thank you guys for taking my call. Good stuff, man. Appreciate you. And uh, yeah, I think that honestly, I feel like a lot of the majority of the fan base is going to want to go for go for gusto right now. Now that can be dangerous. Because you can go out there and you can make that move and you can go bring in that DB that you think is going to be a shutdown guy. You can go and get that number one wide receiver and it might not work out. It really might not. You know, it could end up, you know, blow, backfiring in your face. But I think Fargo hit it on the head. The success with the first round picks haven't been there anyway. Just haven't been there. I mean, really, your last first round pick that was successful was Colton Miller. I mean, really. I mean, we could all say that Ruggs was on his way, but on his way, it wasn't there. He was working on it. But we all know how that shook out. David Arnett, we all know how that shook out. Leatherwood's still a question and, you know, work in progress. And Colton Miller was the first first round pick that actually had been re-signed since Darren McFadden. That's a big gap in between guys, in between first round picks. That's a long gap. I just checked the Rams roster right now. The only first rounder that they drafted that was on the team was Aaron Donald. Right. 
Exactly. The only one. Yep. That they for their own draft. Right. Aaron Donald, and that was 2014. Right. Rob Havenstein was second round. He was the last remaining player from St. Louis. So I'm saying, hey, just get some new players in there and just make it work. Right. Exactly. If you feel like you're close, and again, and actually, it's funny. Uh, I heard uh, Steve Cofield on our sister station talking about this a little bit uh, yesterday afternoon, and uh, he was saying that. If you're a team that has a top 10 quarterback, it's almost your responsibility to go for it right now, right? It's al- it's almost your responsibility. I get it. There's certain certain teams that want to go the certain way that they that they are comfortable with. Like there's certain styles that work for certain teams. I get that. But he's not wrong. I mean, if you have a top 10 quarterback, and I would I think we could all agree that Derek Carr is at least a top 10 quarterback. Uh, you don't have to like him. I think you can admit that the numbers speak for themselves. He's he's a top 10 quarterback. You have to do everything in your power to go get it done. Now, I'm not saying that's what Josh McDaniels is going to do. I have no idea. I don't, I'm not saying that's what Dave Ziegler is going to do. They have their own approach. But I do know in New England last year, they had no problem spending money bring guys in. Now, all those guys didn't pan out, which is what I've been talking about. you got to be careful when it comes to free agency. They don't always pan out. Now, I know the Raiders don't have a ton of money right now. Now that things can be moved around, you know, contracts can be extended, and you can find ways to, to move around the, the salary cap. And that's the thing. Who cares if you have extra money at the end of the, you know what I mean? When you're done with all the people that you need to bring in, if you have like $3 left, who cares? And also with the Rams, where like I know where you're saying free agency, it's crapshoot. That's why you trade for the proven commodity. It's true. Because if you're bringing in, let's say, Casey Hayward Jr., oh, we don't know if he's going to be able to replicate that big season right. success. But you know it's 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 far unlikely that Jalen Ramsey, all pro after all pro season, he's just going to fall just off drop a cliff. Off. Yeah. Where injury, you know, we no one wants anybody to get injured. Right. But, you know, it's not like, oh, this all-pro player, once you trade for him, man, he's not going to get monstered right. from Space Jam. <laughs> right. Loses his talent. Right. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Big Deuce hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line. All in, baby. Let's get the players we need to succeed and bring the Lombardi home. I'd love to see them win the Super Bowl in our house. Again, it's from Big Deuce. Uh, Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q&D, hey, guys. If I'm able to put gold sleeves on my buff arms, does that count next year? Uh, next year's goal 20? I hope so because I'm swole like Kanye West, big head. Sincerely, Demond's buff forearms. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. So uh, there's always a joke coming from Sir Whiskey Ray, and we do, Ray, and we do appreciate that. 226 is the time. When we come back, Brad Denny is going to give us the lowdown on Antonio Pierce, the latest coach added to the defensive side of the ball for the silver and black. He'll be coaching the linebackers, and we'll find out all about his coaching style next here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Monday, NFL Network's Mike Garofalo put out a tweet talking about Antonio Pierce has come to an agreement with the Las Vegas Raiders to become their next linebacker coach. And I said, Antonio Pierce, wait a minute. He's been he's been in the game for a minute doing his thing, but he's been doing his thing collegiately at Arizona State, and he just recently uh, left Arizona State, I believe February 2nd. So uh, we had to go to a source. We had to go ahead and find out, get a little bit of details on Antonio Pierce, what he's all about when it comes to coaching. And right now we bring in Brad Denny, covers Arizona State football at 3TV, CBS 5. And Brad, welcome to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And Antonio Pierce, he left February 2nd. I know that there's a lot of investigations going on. How much of the investigations were the reasons why he left? 
I would say about 100%. All right. Yeah, well, that it, narrows it down. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it's been quite a turn since the news of the NCAA's investigation broke um, last summer. Um, and just a matter of kind of when but not if. I mean, Antonio Pierce was named prominently in a lot of the documents that have been made public. Is kind of like one of the point person or the point person uh, of this whole recruiting, uh, these alleged recruiting violations. Uh, four other staff members uh, under Herm Edwards have left as a result of this investigation, uh, with AP, of course, being the most prominent. So it was just recruiting. Vi- I mean, I, I say just, I know that's major, but that, it, that's what it was basically based all around was just the recruiting violations. Yeah, but it was kind of complicated in a way. Um, they were, during the uh, the pandemic, there were uh, the NCAA imposed a uh, dead period where there could be no on-campus visits, um, and ASU is alleged to have brought uh, recruits in, uh, in person uh, and also some impermissible uh, travel, paying for travel accommodations and such, which on its face, you know, may not be the most severe penalty, but then when it's put through the prism of a, you know, a, a global pandemic, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of, that's I, I think about the ire of a lot of folks. And even like, you know, some people around the continent, the Pac-12 conference, like David Shaw has uh, kind of spoken up against something you typically don't see when a, another member institution is under investigation. You often, you know, don't hear the coaches talking about it, but just, I think from that ethical angle of just that added layer of, this all happened during a pandemic, um, kind of maybe raise the temperature a little bit. Talking right now with Brad Denny here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920, kind of taking a deep dive into Antonio Pierce, the latest linebacker coach for the Silver and Black. And from everything I understand and what I kind of read up on, Brad, this guy was really highly respected. He was a guy that looked like he was climbing the coaching tree and even could have been a guy that could have been a successor to Herm Edwards when Herm decides to leave. Am I understanding that correctly? Absolutely, yeah. He was since Herm took over after the 2017 season. His first hire was Antonio Pierce. Obviously, they had the relationship prior, uh, back in the ESPN days. Uh, Pierce also was uh, coaching of the, the SoCal powerhouse at Long Beach Poly, um, and so he took over as linebackers coach, recruiting coordinator. Immediately infused a bunch of energy and life into ASU's recruiting, especially in, in, in California, in Southern California. Brought a couple of uh, uh, Long Beach Poly kids along with him. Uh, but over the course of the years, ASU's recruiting really ramped up. They had a whole uh, hashtag Cali Devils campaign where Antonio Pierce is front and center. They're, ma- they're doing uh, tremendous work in terms of you know audio- audiovisual, a lot of um, just a kind of a real, uh, putting forth a lot of swag in terms of revitalizing the recruiting. Uh, did really well. Then um, you know, it was kind of climbing the ladder. It seems like every offseason he get a new title added to his uh, added to his, and then uh, rose in prominence. And then, yeah, as, as you mentioned, you know, he was looked at as a guy that was probably uh, going to be Herm's successor, kind of a coach-in-waiting uh, situation. Uh, and then last summer, everything came, came to a screeching halt when news of these allegations broke. Talking right now with Brad Denny. He covers Arizona State like a glove here uh, on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man, DeMond, has a question. Yeah, Brad, for Herm Edwards to, be, to still be in power here at Arizona State, was this something that he was completely unaware of? Because basically my question is, why does Herm Edwards still get to stay and keep his job? That is the million-dollar question, or I guess the $3.5 million question. <laughs> at, at, this, at this point, I actually sat down with Herm Edwards uh, this past Friday for an uh, in-depth podcast, and, and we talked a lot of this about a lot of these issues. And as I mentioned before, you know, Pierce is the fifth member. Full half of Herm's staff has gone, including both coordinators, and it, it, at this point, I think ASU is just trying to get through this 2022 season with Herm in place, just because at this point, they don't know the extent of the NCAA's punishment, which would make it extra hard to bring in a, a new quality coach. So I think they're just trying to 
get through these next several months uh, as best they can, hopefully get some clarity. And I think that the usual, the NCAA's usual slow process has sped up a little bit just because of the alleged dossier that was from just some former disgruntled uh, employees in the program provided evidence to the NCAA. So they're expecting perhaps, you know, summer or maybe early, early fall to have the full uh, knowledge of what kind of hammer is going to be dropping on the program and then get through this. Um, that, that, at this point, that's the best read. Um, you know, cause at this point, Herm, it's, just, it's I know the, the, through the prism of allegations, but it's a matter of, you know, how much he, he knew and what he knew. Um, you know, AP was a lot, a lot of folks talking about AP just being kind of the centerpiece, but as the head coach of the program is, you know, CEO in his role as he might be, it's just a matter of, you know, how much did Herm know? At this point, ASU has deemed that what he did know perhaps is not termination worthy. That's going to be interesting to see how all that shakes out again. Talking with Brad Denny here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Well, now we know why he became available. And look, this might end up benefiting the Raiders in a major way because now he's a member of the Silver and Black. He's a linebacker's coach. So talk to us about his style. What makes him so relatable to the players? And it seems like this is a really good hire for uh, for Coach McDaniels. I think it's a great hire. He's going to be a great fit in the NFL. Obviously, he has his pedigree as a player. Uh, coming from the University of Arizona, kind of a little under the radar, then making a name and accomplishing all that he did with with the Giants and, and uh, with Washington. Uh, but yeah, as, as a coach at Arizona State, he did some really great things. Uh, in, in his first year, in, in that season of 2018, he took a couple of uh, linebackers. Merlin Robertson was a highly touted recruit. Darian Butler, who was a, a three-star under-the-radar guy, but both have really developed uh, during uh, Pierce's time into quality linebackers, a number of other uh, linebackers over the time have, have really developed. And as you mentioned, you know, the, the players really, I mean, it's hard to find a bad word about Antonio Pierce. And when, when the news broke that he uh, resigned uh, earlier this month, I mean, there was an outpouring of support and, and kind of sadness from the players um, just because they were all sad to see him go. He's, he's beloved in that locker room, in, in that program. And the last couple of years, as he's risen to add uh, initially co-coordinator and now and then this past season, uh, full-on defensive coordinator titled, the defense has been flat out pretty good. I mean, ASU posted their best points per game mark in about 20 years uh, this past season. And it's been a mix of just veteran players that he's also developed, but also a lot of new players that have come in and he's helped, uh, had a big hand in helping develop them and getting the most out of their abilities. So I think he's a real quality coach, uh, having the ability to not have to worry about the NCAA's uh, <laughs> overregulated uh, uh, rule book there. I think it's a big benefit. Just worry about coaching and developing players because uh, so far in his young coaching career, he's excelled at that. Brad, we got a text uh, a text message on our Sam and Ash text line asking about Pierce's uh, his thoughts to coverage schemes when it comes to linebackers because the Raiders have struggled in coverage when it comes to linebackers. Does he prefer specialists that are run stoppers or coverage linebackers? What, how, how do you see uh, Antonio Pierce and the linebackers in, in particular? Uh, he's really like guys that can do it all. I mean, one guy in particular I mentioned a moment ago that is, I think, probably going to a good template for, um, you know, player development has been Darian Butler. Um, he came in and was not looked at as a guy that might contribute right away, but ultimately AP gave him the vote of confidence in fall camp, made him a starter as a true freshman, and was immediately an, an impact guy. Uh, and in this past season, before uh, a late season injury, Butler was one of the best uh, overall play, defensive players in the conference. Uh, he was a guy that you know, used him a lot in coverage, but also. Uh, in pass uh, in the pass rush, getting behind, making plays behind the line of scrimmage. So he really prefers linebackers that that are able to do it all. Um, you know, he had a good core of trio, but uh, I think that you know, with uh, whether it's a guy like Merlin Robertson coming off the edge or uh, uh, Darian Butler in the middle, um, he likes guys that can really get after it and, and do it all and doesn't have to 
uh, uh, worry about the, you know, the different packages so much. Yeah, do you think that with Antonio Pierce making this move to the NFL now, do you think he's going to be an NFL lifer, or do you think that maybe he would want to come back to college football after a while? I, I, might, I, it might not be a situation of whether he wants to or is, is, if he can, because uh, you know some of the stuff that you know with the NCAA's investigation proceeding, um, you know, it could be a, you know a possible show cause penalty that could make uh, any kind of return to college down the road very difficult. I will say though, during his time and, and before. Uh, the uh, NCAA investigation mess came out. He was, you know, an, an excellent college coach. He was dynamic in, t- in terms of recruiting and bringing talent into a program and revitalizing the recruiting operations for a program that had been kind of gone dormant for a while. Uh, but also in just the player development uh, aspect of just you know getting the most out of players, whether they came in as you know high four stars or, or, or a little more under the radar types. Uh, he was a guy that yeah, is that was looked at to be a guy that could be taken take over for him after. Uh, you know, this season or next, and just kind of be that face of the program because he just has, he kind of checked every single box that you look for and what you'd want the, the kind of modern, young, up and comer uh, collegiate coach. I like it. I like what I'm hearing. I know he's a guy that interviewed with Patrick Graham when uh, Graham was in New York as a defensive coordinator for the Giants. It didn't work out there. Now those two, uh, they kind of get together uh, here in Las Vegas with the Raiders. So uh, that sounds like sounds like a winner. Sounds like he's going to be a hell of a coach. I don't know how long he's going to be around because he might be a hot commodity. I mean, it just sounds like he could be uh, that kind of a coach. But, Brad, that's fantastic stuff, man. I really appreciate you kind of giving us a, a little bit of a background on Antonio Pierce, the, the coach, not the player, but the coach. Uh, you mentioned your podcast and sitting down with Herm Edwards. Man, what do you got coming out that up? Uh, people could be on the lookout for and maybe get a little bit more background yeah uh, it's uh, the speak of the devils podcast available everywhere you get podcasts that down with herm lining up another conversation with arizona state athletic director ray anderson and obviously with the football situation uh, and perhaps some struggles in basketball there's you know a fan base that wants to answer so i'm looking forward to that conversation with, uh, with ray anderson who yeah used to be a you know vp uh, with the NFL office, uh, front offices. I'll tell you this. I'm sure after that conversation with Herm Edwards, you were ready to run through a wall. I mean, that guy, you want to talk about a guy that brings the energy. He brings the heat. I mean, how, how was that conversation with Herm? It was, it was good. You know, I've sat down with him, you know, a, a bunch of times over the, since he's uh, taken over, and this one had a little different tone just because maybe the black cloud, the specter of the investigation mm-hmm. kind of hang. But, I mean, it's, you know, anytime you sit down with Herm, just as you mentioned, he's just such a personable guy. Uh, you know, press conferences and, and practice interviews and everything are never a dull moment. There's always, you know, a few of the, the hermisms that come out there that, that really kind of uh, make you think and make you laugh. So it, it's been a real fun time covering him these last four seasons. I have no doubt about it. The pride of Seaside, California right there, Herm Edwards. Well, Brad, thank you so much for uh, for your time this afternoon. It's fantastic stuff. We'll make sure to uh, pay attention to your podcast that you have out, and we'll be talking to you soon, my man. I appreciate you. Anytime. Thanks, guys. All right, there he goes. Brad Danny, you want to talk about some good intel right there. He broke it down. I don't know about you, Raider Nation. What are your thoughts? 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line 69187. Do you like what you're hearing about Antonio Pierce, the coach? Know what kind of player he was in New York with the G-Men, right? Sounds like he's a hell of a coach that's probably going to be uh, someone that's going to be highly sought after in the NFL ranks. Well, the, the Raiders have him first. Patrick Graham has the first opportunity to be the D.C. and uh, Aaron, uh, Antonio Pierce be the linebacking coach underneath him. So let me know about it. 2.42 is the time. We're going to come on back and close out our number one with your calls and texts. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation. This is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back. Welcome back.
back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Just had a really good conversation with Brad Denny. Covers Arizona State University, the Sun Devils for 3TV and CBS 5. He was talking all things Antonio Pierce. Thought it was a very informative conversation. And DeMond, you asked the question about Herm Edwards and why he still is able to get the or have the job, hold the job down when all this happened under his watch. And David hit me up on Twitter, and I do appreciate you, David. He said, a- Edwards AD at ASU is his longtime agent. So you put the two and two together. <laughs> Must be nice, right? Must be nice to know people in good places. You know I ain't going to let nothing happen to you. Right. I got you. Hey, man, <laughs> I got to take care of me. So that means I got to take care of you. Because if Herm ain't he, got no job, then the AD ain't got no bread coming in. But I'm sure he could help him land on his feet if they did say you got to fire Herm. Well, I'm sure he could. But might as well just keep him close to the vest, right? Might as well keep him close to the vest. Got a couple more text messages. And, David, thank you for that tweet. I uh, got a couple text messages I wanted to get to real quick. Then we'll hit the Raider Nation listener line. East Bay Raider Gray hit us up. Q, you were on. You were so on point with your thoughts on this morning's podcast about the Raiders following the Rams' model to winning. I agree. It's been too long of losing around here. Got to feed the nation something. Remember, the Rams have been to the Super Bowl twice in five years and been regular and been regular in appearing in the playoffs. Same thing with Kansas City. The, fa- the foundation has been laid, just like Mark said. Now it's time to open up that Super Bowl window wide open. Get the free agent studs, wide receiver, right tackle, cornerback, defensive tackle, defensive end, and for the love of Pearl, can we get someone to cover Kelsey? You ain't got to shut him down. Just not 80 to 100 yards, two touchdowns a game against us. Go Raiders, and the greatness of the Raiders is in the future, and the future is now. Again, that's from East Bay Raider Gray. I love that laundry list he rattled off. Just go get you a go get you a wide receiver, cornerback, defensive tackle, DN, <laughs> and for the love of God or love of Pearl, I love it. Good stuff. You get a stud at those six positions at a reasonable price. That's all you need. And why can't this team make the Super Bowl? <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> Just all those parts right there. But, uh, no, good stuff. And I, I agree, man. I do think it's one of those go all the way in. I don't think Josh McDaniels made the move from New England to the Raiders to lose. I don't think he did. I mean, I know he wants to have his his team and build it, you know, his way. But I think that he would probably prefer to just go ahead and win. Win right now. Just win, baby, right? Yeah, and I'm sure nobody nobody's going into a job thinking, hey, you know, if we can lose some of them, but, you know, uh, you know, if we can finish 500 on the season, I'll be happy. Right. No, you no, You want to no. win them all. No, yeah, absolutely. You always want to win them all. And, look, I mean, the Raiders back in the day, and I hate to bring up back in the day, but, you know, and, and, and because that's when they were successful. But back in the day, they brought in everybody. And I know it was, a different, it was a different climate. You know, the salary cap wasn't there, and there was, you know, things that you couldn't do and things you could do then that you can't do now. I get that. But that's what the Raiders used to do, right? Just bring in the pieces that they need. Just go get it done. Go get it done. I wouldn't care if they're right up against the salary cap and what's like Green Bay, like $70 million over or New Orleans $70 million over. I wouldn't care if they went into next year $70 million over the salary cap if they had a Lombardi in their hand. You can figure out what to do with all that $70 million over. That, that trophy that's in your hand ain't going nowhere. Ain't going nowhere at all. So I wouldn't be mad at them if they exhausted every penny that they had in that salary cap and then some to get the players that they needed to get. And obviously you're going to have to go out there and draft a couple of guys. I'll say this. If you stay at number 22 and I, I want to start this campaign right now, okay? Because I don't want anyone to come back later and be like, oh, Q, you jumped on the train late. Or Q, you, you just all of a sudden started talking about this. No, 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 no. I think Destiny's Child said that, didn't they? Then say no, 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 no. When it's really yes, 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 yes. Isn't that right? Or is that too is that too much before your time? You're a, you're a Beyonce person. You're not a Destiny's Children person. I, I don't know. So just go go ahead with the point <laughs> you're trying to make here. Sauce Gardner, 
Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati. He will not be available at 22. Okay. But if you're going to stay and pick, and you're going to not trade that first-round pick for an established veteran, go up, trade up, and get Sauce Gardner. I'm telling you this. I've been saying it for a week now. I don't want anyone not to hear me. Because there's always going to be someone come back later and be like, oh, Q, you just went with uh, what everyone else was saying. Hell no. I'm telling you right now, DBs win games, and you need that DB. Go on and look them up. Go on and look them up. Like the wife would say, Google them. <laughs> let's, go, let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line talk to our guy, John, in the ATL. What up, John? Yes. How are you? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right. All right. What's up? Nothing much. I was talking about the Raiders. They ain't had a court since uh, John Madden left. You know, they get all these bombs and arm turning. I don't know where they find these bombs at. But anyway, <laughs> I'm tell you like it is. And you got a quarterback there. Get rid of that quarterback team that think he's a good quarterback. Trade him. Get you some draft. You understand what I'm saying? No, no. Actually, yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I really got. <laughs> that guy been there eight years. How what he did? You know they can't beat Kansas City. They're not going to beat Buffalo. They're not going to beat Cincinnati. These, these teams got young, good quarterbacks. Why didn't we get the guy from from uh, uh, the guy, the quarterback that uh, that uh, uh, L.A. Uh, uh, Her- Herbert, Justin Herbert? Yeah. Why in the hell did we get him? Well, he was he was picked at number six. Yeah, but he, we had a chance to get him though. When <laughs> he was picked at number six, the Raiders picked at eleven. Yeah. Well, anyway, they should get a. <laughs> okay. They need a quarterback. I don't care what you say. You can say how good this guy. He hold the record. The Raiders passing record. That bum. Let me tell you something. They got Mario over. He's backup quarterback. Paying this guy all this money. Set on the bench, and they come off a of buy and lose straight four straight games. Give me talk to me. Talk to me. They okay. should have beaten New York with easy. Okay, I, I respect that, but they also hold on, hold on, don't go nowhere. They uh, they also closed out the season with four straight wins. So I mean, if you're gonna talk to L's, oh, talk to the Dubs. I understand. I understand exactly what you said. It wasn't because of the quarterback. That bum, he, he ain't throw the game yet without throwing an interception. Okay, farming it all. All right. He can't stand up. Behind, he can't stand up behind the center. He just moving, moving. Where in the hell is you going? All right. Hey, I respect it. I appreciate. I appreciate the call, my man. Good hey, stuff. Yeah. Go ahead. This guy, he's been in the lead eight years. Eight years. Raiders, get that bomb out of there. Four years, give a quarterback four years. He, if he ain't a win in four years, get rid of it. They're talking about giving him an extension. Some of the teams think he's great. Oh, he owed the Raiders passing record. Gallon was there four years. Four years. And then the records he broke. Okay. That ain't nothing. That ain't nothing. This bomb, he, he's a bomb. <laughs> if you ask me, he's a straight bomb. All right. All right. And let me tell you something else. It should have been Cincinnati, whether you think it or not. It should have Cincinnati. I don't disagree. I don't disagree with you. This bomb <laughs> defense ain't that great. They stopped Cincinnati twice on the fourth down. This bomb go out there and throw three and out. Move the damn ball. What do you, what do you think about him? <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Thank you, John. Thank you for the call. I'm kidding. I, I had to do that one. <laughs> my man, my man. He <laughs> well, look, if you want to try to go Tell with. Tell us how you really yeah, feel. Yeah, yeah. But if you want to go with kind of slang, you could act like, you know, you could flip it and be like, oh, he was saying he's the bomb <laughs> instead of a bum. But okay. Hey, look, man, everyone's opinion is uh, is respected around here. I'm not mad at you. But, uh, John, thank you so much for that call. Uh, we got time real quick for one more, and we got to take a quick break. You call it. It's your, it's your show. Make it quick. All right, Passion and Raider, make it quick. You heard the man. What's up? 
so much man it's great to hear from you passionate raider and uh yeah man we did some good things in la i'm glad that you were able to appreciate that along with the rest of raider nation coming up in segment number two actually uh not segment number two hour number two goes by so fast we got john mcclain the great john mcclain from the houston chronicle he'll join us to talk all things nfl this unnecessary roughness on raider nation radio 920 <laughs> 